Greetings and salutations, everybody. I'm D'Angelo here with another episode of Bald and Bingeable, the show that takes a look at pop culture we consume, the stuff you are insatiable for, the stuff you find truly bingeable. Every Tuesday, my goal is to bring you an interview or subject that sparks ideas, keeps you engaged, or just makes you giggle. I grew up in a time when pop culture gave us talk shows like The Rosie O'Donnell Show and Oprah. Okay, yes, I know I'm not delusional. I know I'm not Oprah. You know, I, I like that Meghan Markle quote, like, what in my head when I say that? What? I loved how Oprah could take Tom Cruise jumping on a couch one day, and the next day she'd have Ayana in doing a coaching breakthrough. So that's kind of where I'm going to bring in my guest today. Uh, today I have author, executive coach, mother, wife, student, speaker, spiritual medium, one of my good friends, Leslie Juvan Aker. Hello, Hi. Leslie. Hi, I love you, D'Angelo. I'm happy to be here. I love you too. You're like a bright, like ray of sunshine. In my life, so. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so good stuff. So, just to kind of give people a little bit of background, I told everybody that you're you're a an author. You have books like The Money Formula. I think that's kind of where we ourselves like we kind of we we have a little connection there. So, um, I experienced you and. I don't want to say your talents, but your gifts mm -hmm. firsthand. And we had been friends for a bit. And then you did come over here to my house one day and we did a little bit of spiritual coaching just because you're one of those people who moves on intuition and you move because something pulls you and something pushes you and you just mm -hmm. kind of, you follow that little voice in your head. Correct. Absolutely. And at that time, I remember I was very stuck financially because you know, very admittative that um, I'm in a different, I'm in a relationship where my partner's older than me. He was, a, he's established. He was already in his money-making years and I was just coming into mine. But it was like, I had these little blocks and these holds and things that were from my past and all that. And so I think you kind of carry that financial trauma or whatever you want to say <laughs> into, into your life. And I remember you intuitively, you came over and, and we were just, we kind of sat down and it was, we we're going to sit down for coaching. And you gave me some techniques and some meditation techniques and some EFT, which is emotional freedom technique tapping that um, that we did. And it's still things that I use right now, just, you know, as I push forward. And so and it's just I wonder, you know, where does that that little voice come from that tells you, oh, this person needs such and such today? Mm, that's a very good question. I, I believe that that voice comes from God, that God, that voice is God. And other people will call it, you know, the great spirit or Holy Spirit or nature, or, you know, whatever. It, it honestly, it really doesn't matter. But for me, I call it God. It's the voice of God. And our job is to remember that we are children of God and that we have this ability to hear God and to be vessels of God's love, which is just loving other people. And the other part of that is to recognize when we're not listening to the voice of God, we're listening to something else, um, negative voices, uh, critical voices, or patterns and things like that. So it's my job, ultimately, as a coach and intuitive healer, is to help people recognize what voice is talking to them. And that was what I was helping you do that day. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was just kind of in a sense, you know, in layman's terms, and probably the most thing that's been out there in the culture has been, you know, like the secret that that living of like, um, 
think about, I, I'm going to get a coffee. I'm going to get a coffee. And then all of a sudden you get two cups of coffee, that kind of a thing. And I remember when we were doing the tapping technique and meditation, it was really focusing on abundance and yeah. I've got money, you know, those mm -hmm. kind of things. It's just statements like that. Like I've, I've got money and just repeating that and then going through, you know, the exercise and those sorts of things. And so do you, it makes me wonder, like, do you believe in the secret? What do you, what do you adopt from something like that, that a lot of people have been exposed to? I think that the secret is a nice, um, foodie to the metaphysical world and the spiritual world. I think that it's, um, palatable for people of all different walks of life to start thinking about what they're attracting and creating in their life, because, my personal belief is that we're all creators and we came here in this earth realm to create and we can create havoc. You know, we've seen from reality shows, you know, manufacture it or we can, <laughs> we can create love and we can create joy and peace and all of those fruits of the spirit, if you will. Um, so it's a good start, but it's not complete in terms of um, how to, to do it. I think that there's way more to it in terms of mechanics, um, but it's, I think it's a great, great start because you attract that which you are, what you generate vibrationally and emotionally and psychologically and what you're constantly aware of. It's for you in your specific situation. My specific goal was to make you aware of the abundance around you and that you intuitively and instinctively act on that recognition. So you seize the opportunity, the financial opportunity which is often hidden by, you know, jobs and works and businesses and relationships and to attune you, if you will, to that which your heart desires. I love that. Now, I want to back up just a tiny bit here. And just so we can explain to people who are listening and who are new to Leslie. Um, so you guys can always Google Leslie Juvana Care and you guys can find her books. You guys can find her website. You sit as, as being a medium. Can you explain that a little bit more and how that differs from like a psychic or a tarot reader, those sorts of things? Yes. Yeah, so a medium in its purest form is someone who, who really physically channels another entity. It could be um, an angel entity. It could be a, a, a spirit of a person passed over. It could be, you know, the Holy Spirit, which is divine uh, wisdom. Um, so mediums are just vessels, if you will, for a, a host um, who's coming through to communicate a specific message. A psychic, on the other hand, they may get impressions of a future or they may be able to touch something and and see the trapped energy inside of it to interpret, you know, who it belonged to. Um, and then there's many, many different types of intuitives out there with different gifts, but fundamentally that's the difference between the two. And a fortune teller um, is somebody who can tell you based on your present energies, your present attitudes, behaviors, what's going to happen. Um, I have that ability to foresee the future, but it's just an imprint of what's possible. It's not set in stone and you can change that. Where a card reader, on the other hand, I call cards training wheels for intuitives because they kind of set your imagination and kind of get you grounded in the space to begin to um, interpret what the cards are saying. I think that everybody should try them at some point, um, but eventually you'll get so good where you can just look at a person and you can instantly know what's going on with them and feel it and see it. But um, cards are a great way. I first started on Lenneman cards, which are French tarot cards uh, 11 years ago. And um, it's a great way to get started. 
It's awesome. Like it's, it's, I've never heard it put that way, but I, I love that just kind of it's in, in essence, it's like elementary where you have flashcards when you're first learning, you know, anything when you're in school is that you write things down on index cards and you study, study, study. And then eventually you don't need those cards because you know the information and you know how to impart that information and speak on it. And then so I love that, that they're kind of like training wheels, but at the same time, you know, it's a respectable something that people can really pull spirituality from. You, I, I reading in, in your bio and even like your profile that was, I've read a few, few different profiles that I found online, like SD Voyager and that sort of thing. And so you unlocked this when, after you had your, after you had your first kid, correct? Yes. I had my daughter and, um, and then I started to see scary images and I didn't know what I was seeing. I was seeing, actually, I can be honest with this because my husband's okay with it, but I was starting to see images of children being abused, uh, children's sexual abuse. And it was scaring me and it, I didn't know what was going on. So I went to a psychiatrist. I went to doctor. I mean, I had brain scans. I had everything done because in France you can do that and it won't cost you anything. <laughs> So I went and got real professional medical help and, um, and I had a very deep depression and anxiety from this experience. And, but it really happened when my husband was around and it would go away when he was not around, which was really funny. Fast forward. I realized I have all these abilities, healing vision, primarily because a psychic told me, oh yeah, you're going to move back to California and you're going to read celebrities and you're going to be like me. I'm like, what are you talking about, girl? I had no plans to move back to the U.S. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, it happened. And, you know, I mean, you even hooked me up with Ross Matthews. So yeah. yes, it did happen. Um, and that was not something I planned or even intended because I'm a very private person. So fame is not really my game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then fast forward even more and And actually I was, you know, walking in my garden as I do. And I heard spirit say all those images that you had seen of that abuse was your husband. And so I went and I talked to him. I said, were you ever abused as a child? And and he finally, and this is something I didn't even know about my own husband. I'm actually telling you this, you're the first person in the whole world to know this um, publicly, but I think it's important to say, he said, yes, I was as a child, um, an older, a teen had sexually abused me. And, um, and then that opened up the healing for him. It, it gave validation for me because I literally thought I was insane because I thought, wow. why, why am I seeing all of this? So my first mediumistic psychic experience, thanks to our daughter opening this up, it brought me and my husband closer. It brought him healing and resolution and ultimately freed us up even more to live our lives because, you know, abuse can and stop you from living your fullest life. And, and that's what um, abuse energies will do is, is keep you from being happy. So yeah, that's, that's ultimately what had happened. Wow. That's like, yeah, I, you're describing the story and it's a very, it's important in your life and it really, it opened things up for you and your husband and, and in turn, it opened up more, uh, more to you to be able to help other people and to take your gifts and outside. And like, as you're t- telling the story as I'm thinking about kind of the, um, remember Forrest Gump, remember in the movie Forrest Gump when yes. Forrest is a little kid and he has the braces on his legs. Oh yeah. He's having all these issues and then he's getting beat up. You know what I mean? He's, he's getting, Mm -hmm. he's getting threatened. And that was kind of you. And then when you finally 
opened up the can of worms, so to speak, your braces fell off and now you're like in full stride and you never stop running. You know what I mean? Now, now you're, you're kind of <laughs> yes. the future. So that's, I don't know why that was kind of like the imagery that just popped into my head there when, when you're saying this is that, you know, you just kind of, you broke, you broke chains, you know what I mean? Like in your life and you kind of yes. you remove that yoke, you move that mantle off of you so you can kind of go to the next step and kind of and open all that up. It's, it's funny because when I think about you, and when you think about the word medium, you know, we think witchy, we think of the TV shows, we think of Tyler Henry or Teresa Caputo, and you aren't that. You don't have that energy around you. You have tattoos. You got the blonde hair sometimes. Hair's always changing. Um, <laughs> yes. Very, like, I've been to your house. You're on trend. You got kids. You got the dogs. You know, you have all these things. And... Um, you know, you unlock the spirituality and it just makes me think like, and you did this later in life. What do your friends and family think, especially when it's something that's, it's real. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you're like, okay, I'm going to read tarot cards and you're just going to family picnics and you're reading people's tarot. You're actually getting into the crux of the situation and you've actually unlocked these things. So what, what did your family and what did your friends think about when you first when you first made this real realization you and you in layman terms came out mm. as, as, as somebody who is, you know, intuitive. Yes. Well, I think ultimately for me at the beginning, I was very afraid of rejection and loneliness because of this. And it was actually counterintuitive to that. It was a completely opposite. It brought me closer to my friends. Um, it created this, never ending wellspring of abundance, insight, truth, light, hope, compassion, joy, all the things that people want to have in their life that create a fulfilling and rich life, a safe life. And so, yes, it does allow me to get closer to everybody and it's intimate relationships. I I don't even have, um, I mean, I have an Instagram for my law school for visual learners blog, but for my Leslie Inc, I shut it down because it was just way too much attention and it was really distracting. And so I shut down pretty much all my social media, but I still talk to like 10 people a day. I'm mm -hmm. always close to everyone. Um, and it does help them at real serious issues. I'm not talking about, you know, so-and-so passed over. I just want to connect with them because they miss them. It's really like, you know, what should I do about this business? Or what should I do about that? These are real issues that you're helping people on. And people don't forget that when you do help them at a critical juncture in their life. And because of that, I've built this wonderful close community of friends, family that um, we can help each other with. So I never feel alone. I never feel unsafe. I always feel love, but it stems from that honesty. My number one thing that people always say to me is you're honest. And I know you'll tell me the truth. And I know that we'll find a solution and I inspire that and hope in them, but it's not me it's it's love it's god's love um and i always hope that people can turn to that and be a source of that in their communities as well now with that being said my own mom is a pentecostal you know pastor so is her husband come from and, the same world came from the same uh, world girl <laughs> yeah i know and we have we both have family in ohio and um so my my mom she's not really you know it's funny because pentecostals it's all about that fire and brimstone and speaking in tongues and casting out demons and stuff. And, and my mom believes in all that. But when I start telling her things, um, like a few weeks ago, spirit told me that there was an issue with my mom's pancreas. Two days later, she called me and the doctor said that she's pre-diabetic. And, um, and so 
I don't preach to my mom. I just offer her loving words of comfort. And for her, that's enough. But we don't get into metaphysical discussions and those kinds of things. So I learn to, to know where people are in their own religious journey and their faith journey. Um, but ultimately, what this has done for me is given me an, a very enriching life in a close community. Okay. I love that. So you, there was never a conversation like, uh, sixth sense. Hi, mom. I see dead people. Like, <laughs> like you just um, can't, no. you can't, you can't do that. You can't, you can't do that. You know? And, and it's funny because I, I, re- I was you just brought up things like I'm thinking about now, like, you know, re- being raised in the Pentecostal church and, and it, it does what it does for the people that really tune into the spirituality of things and not so much on the physical going to the church and, you know, that sort of thing. And I remember when I was younger, um, did you say casting out demons and, and seeing spirits and things like that, that we had a friend who he would see spirits all the time. And he was, his mom was a, was also a, was also a Pentecostal preacher, you know, laying on hands, tongues, and that sort of a thing. And he would see things he was cutting the grass and would see an evil spirit walking in the house from outside. And he would be home by himself and he would run inside the house and nobody's in there, you know? And mm-hmm. so, and it was like this whole thing where they wanted to pray for him because he, they were saying that he was the one who was oppressed, even though he was seeing the oppression, you know? Correct. Yes, exactly. I don't, fortunately, I don't have that. Although sometimes I get a little bit skittish around, you know, people who, who, you know, have positions in church and stuff and, and, or I won't even say anything. I'll just, you know, let my brand of friendship evangelism, if you will, speak for itself and not be so straightforward, but the people who, who vibe with it, I mean, we can have straight up conversations. I can tell them exactly what I'm seeing, but um, I think as you become more talented as an intuitive person, and which we all are, um, you learn to develop discernment and tact and uh, take things carefully and step uh, carefully in places where you might get, you know, a bad reaction from people who aren't ready for it. Wondering here, like, how do you turn it off? Like, how how do you, like, how do you rest? Like, how do you, (sighs) you know, because, because I think that, you know, we're, I think about myself and, you know, my mind is always running, you know, at, at you know, at, at some point. And then when, as the evening gets later and as I start to wind down, as I start to, you know, kind of take myself out of it, but like, how do you, as, as somebody who is, who's dealing with both the physical and spiritual, how do you, how do you shut that down? That's a good question. I think that that was something that I had to learn myself over these last, you know, many years of doing this. Um, I've had to turn to other spiritual coaches and advisors who I also turn to, to help me do that. One of them is to create strong spiritual boundaries. There's different boundaries, physical boundaries, like, you know, you put up a fence or you lock your doors. There's emotional boundaries where, you know, you don't let someone emotionally dump on you and you say, hey, this doesn't make me feel comfortable. There's, you know, there's mental boundaries, um, what you're putting into your mind, what kind of television you're consuming. So you turn off the TV or change your station. Well, there's spiritual boundaries because for me, uh, Frank would, my husband, Frank would say, oh, I wish I could do this all the time. And, and sometimes when it gets really overwhelming, I look at him and I go, you know, you don't, you don't want this. Um, and I just say that because, you know, even, in, even my own inability to turn it off sometimes uh, in the past, it was too much and I didn't like it. And imagine me, I would do four to 10 readings a, a day 
five days a week and you know you're seeing everybody's and everything and you're feeling their stuff and I could I was literally storing energy in my arms and it was hurting and it was causing pain so I had to learn how to a let that energy go b shut myself off during the time so I could flick my third eye down to close it and see start communicating with um holy angels and in Christ uh, Jesus energy to, to create strong spiritual boundaries, because I literally can see all sorts of stuff like gnomes and fairies and um, demon energy, Satan energy, you know, Christ energy, I can see it all. And it's and it exists here in this realm. It's not like it's another place or another dimension. It's it's here and you can see it. It's just invisible to the naked eye. Um, so I've had to learn to do that. And it's spiritual hygiene. It's important to do it because if you don't, you'll be reading everyone all the time and then you'll have have no energy for yourself. Absolutely. Like it's just, we call this show bald and bingeable. I'm the bald. And then I bring things that are bingeable. And like, and so, and the <laughs> thing is, is and we, you know, we can have an unhealthy relationship with things. We can have a healthy relationship with things. And so, and this is like my outlet, you know, when I get to do these little pop culture talks, it's like, let me spit out all of this <laughs> reality TV stuff so I can put it all here. And then I don't take uh -huh. it into my relationship because my partner has no care about what's going on with the housewives, even though when they're New Jersey <laughs> or New York, he likes those voices. So he will sit around, you know, what's Ramona doing? Uh, um, <laughs> but it just kind of like, you know, there's a point where you, I have to like turn it off and like lower the noise. You know, I was yeah. raised in a big multicultural Latinx family. My mom is one of nine kids. There's six sisters. And so there's always yelling, you know what I mean? Like when they're all together. So I think that's why I find comfort in things like the housewives. Cause I'm, I'm used to being in a room that a bunch of women are yelling and nobody's really that mad at each other. I what's good for me. That's my opinion. <laughs> I love that actually. I've always wondered that about you. And that makes total perfect sense. Cause my mom is one of eight and uh -huh. that was like that growing up. I mean, it was just drama and like jealousy and petty stuff, but you know, trying to make it work and survive as a, you know, I get it actually. I, and I appreciate that, that you said yeah. that. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of like those kind of things. And so it's just knowing that, that, you know, the binge and just in, you know, talking about this and we can think about binging as being negative and positive. And when it comes yeah. to the spiritual realm, and I know these are like friends of mine, I remember when you're first searching, when you're like in that middle school, high school era, and you're not like the coolest kid and blah, 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 you start getting into things like Ouija boards and tarot cards. And, and you know, that if you're, if you're searching, if you're one of those kids who are inclined towards that, and some kids will fall away, but then there's other people who kind of become obsessed. And the thing is, is then it's like, I got to read my horoscope in this magazine. I have to read it in this newspaper. I have to uh -huh. do this. I have to talk to my, to, to a psychic once a month, blah, blah, blah. And like, it becomes so much. And what do you do with that when it becomes unhealthy, when you are going into the spiritual in an unhealthy way? Oh, yeah. Toxic spirituality. Oh, for sure. And tox uh, in spiritual bypassing. I've seen this. I'll, although I have to say in all the years, I've had like so many clients. I probably worked with well over 1500 people um, just in the last five years. Um, this is a small portion of individuals, fortunately. Most people, you know, they'll come for a reading and never come back, or some people will come, you know, occasionally. And then there's some people with a disposable income that really do become addicted to it. And they want this insight. And I always tell people, A, you can do this yourself. <laughs> B, 
um, it's not necessary to come as often. I mean, some people would come twice a week or three times or have me on retainer. And I've literally had to fire clients to say to them, no, this is not the way that we do this. Because eventually, if you, if you turn to someone all the time for insight and perspective without really learning how to do it for yourself, developing your own intuition, you're going to be conned by people who are, I call deceptive helpers who say, oh yeah, you definitely need to do this. And only for $200 more, we can do this. Or you're cursed, let's clear you up. And it'll be 15,000 bucks. Yeah, curses happen, but it doesn't need $15,000. And I always say to people, learn to develop your own intuition, learn to develop your own ability to discern and to see through other people's BS. Um, because if you don't, you could do it with a psychic, you could do it with a medium, you could do it with a, you know, a priestess, you could do it with a church, you could do it with a, any kind of person who says that they themselves can be an intermediary between you and God. And the Bible specifically warns against that. I don't think that they, it's about banning um, mediums per se, but it's a warning that if you do this in an unhealthy way, you're basically robbing yourself of your own ability to exercise your own spiritual gifts. That's interesting. Yeah. And like, and, and you're always just, you're never listening to the internal voice because you're always looking for it outside. It seems like. Correct. Correct. And it's building trust within yourself. And I don't think you need to be spiritual to understand that basic concept. When, when there's unhealthy clients and that sort of a thing, has there ever been like a situation where it was just like, we got scary? Um, I think it's scary in the sense where, I mean, if we're being frank, the reason why I shot, I literally don't have my personal phone number on the internet. I have a toll free one so I can screen people because mm -hmm. it got to the point where people were calling me all the, like 12 o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. There are people showing up unannounced at my front door and people were inviting me out under false premises that they wanted to be my friend, but actually what they really wanted was for me to bless their house or their career or give them messages. And so it was really not unhealthy or scary from the spiritual side, but it was really like people really using spirituality as a way to manipulate, use, or to exploit my generosity and my love. That's, that's flabbergasting. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> I know. It's like it's, somebody would go that far and not and they're, they're so not listening to that little voice inside of them that's telling them, maybe you shouldn't just show up at somebody's house. <laughs> I wouldn't show up to my best friend's house unannounced. Like, I know you and I know you well. And I wouldn't just be like, Leslie, I'm in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... That's that's appalling. <laughs> I know it's freaky, but at the same time, if you did that, though, I would welcome you with open arms, by the way. But Aww. but because we're friends and we're on that level. But uh -huh. this is I was doing this in a professional context. So imagine, you know, you're at a, at a, you know, an event, one of the beautiful events that you plan and somebody that you met once or collaborated on once for maybe max an hour suddenly believes you're their best friend because you shared an intimate moment where you're delivering some very important, intimate news. Mm -hmm. People can confuse that. So it's not that I don't love people or don't want to be friends. I have a, tons, tons of friends, but there are boundaries. And, and these are the things that people need to understand. And I had to take a step back because, you know, it was too, too much. And I didn't need to 
to, to do that to myself in order to get money or clients or to exercise these gifts. So I had to understand that for myself to cut those, those um, cords to make sure I had healthy spiritual boundaries. Absolutely. Now, when you mentioned here that, um, you know, there's some, there's some people who are basically scamming people, you know what I mean? They may have had, they may have a spiritual touch and that sort of a thing, but then I think that their flesh and their desire for money kind of takes over. I'm talking people that are on your level. And so, and then when people come to them, then it's like, okay, well, I can do this. I see you have an issue, but I'm going to squeeze a couple more bucks out of you and that sort of thing. What, what do you tell people when they are looking for a, a spiritual advisor, a medium, even if they're going to go and, and have their cards read somewhere, what would you tell them to look for? And, and what would you tell them how to follow their gut in that situation? Oh, yes. That's a great one. And I love that you asked that. It's so important. Um, number one, if you're going to go to a psychic uh, medium, there's always some specific goal that you should always have in mind. What are you trying to achieve? Not get out of this person per se. Like if she, she doesn't tell me about the secret feather I'm hiding in my wallet, you know, <laughs> then, then she's not real. That's, that's not the goal. The goal is what are you trying to get clarity on? What are you trying to achieve? More importantly, what is it is that's going to come after this reading, this experience that you're going to be able to use in terms of extracted wisdom that will help you make a decision, let go, make a change or improve in some way. That's how you should always go into a reading. What do you want to get from this to help give you either encouragement, insight, whatever, to help you move forward in your life? Not go back, not stay still, but go forward. Second thing is, is that, you know, you should go with people that you trust people from referrals. That's usually the best way. I don't even advertise uh, people. I mean, I get requests all the time. Most of the time I'm referring out, but every once in a while I'll help someone. Um, but it's really about that word of mouth and from people that you know and trust and whose judgment you also trust too. So that's a good way. Um, the third thing is, is that you can sniff out if someone's trying to extract more money from you, if, if they're you know, going, well, let's schedule another time and you're still not done with this or that, that practitioner or the medium or the psychic or the healer should have a plan for you. They should have a, a plan for how they're going to help you get to a certain benchmark, um, whether it's a healing plan and emotional or psychological thing that you're trying to get through um, a state in your life or career that you want to get past. There should be some kind of plan. Uh, maybe that's my Virgo moon, you know, always being organized. But these are some of the guidelines that I would recommend to people when they're going into some, some type of situation. Um, I, I really don't recommend people going just for fun. I think that you're, you're going to start being critical of the person that's reading you because you need to go in with some kind of purpose. Um, the second thing is go with an open mind. You're probably going to hear things you don't want to hear, or you, you need to hear that are not comfortable for you. So sometimes uh, an intuitive person's going to, you know, 
call out your crap and they're going to say, hey, you need to fix this. And you'll have to be willing to hear that. So if you're not willing to hear the nitty gritty as well as the good, um, you know, the positive and the, you know, funny and cute and heartwarming, you're going to have to be able to face down yourself because most of the spiritual work is facing down your shadow self. So all intuitive experiences, readings, tarot card, healings, Reiki, whatever, it's all about spiritual growth. And if you're not willing to do that, don't do it. Okay. So it just shouldn't be like, I want to know if this guy's going to be in love with me and let me run inside of here real quick and just find this thing out. No, because, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. You know? So how do you, how would I, how, or how should I myself, like, like if I am feeling that urge, like if I'm going somewhere and I see something in, in, you know, like this happened in New York all the time, you know, when I used to live in New York where I would be walking down the street and then all of a sudden I would notice, oh, there's a, there's a reader here. You know what I mean? Like that you never noticed before, you know, I always walk down the street and all of a sudden I notice the sign. And so I would, you know, you feel that pull, let's go inside of here. You want to never, you want to, you want to support small business. <laughs> so, oh, I did that. You know? I did that. But, I was, but, I was walking through the West village and there was the psychic sign in the window and I did it because I wanted to see what it was like um, to understand how it works. Um, and, from, and so what do you, what do you do to, what, what should I do to prepare myself before I walk into that space? Like what, how should I clear my space? How do I clear my energy, clear my head? What should I do? Because you said to go in with purpose, you know, is mm -hmm. that, so, cause this way you kind of, I think when you say go in with purpose, I kind of take that as meaning like, okay, so you should be focusing on something, you know what I mean? Yes. Whatever your goal is. But at the same time, when I think of something that if I'm going to go do something with purpose is that I also have to be prepared myself, either have a little bit of armor on, have my head up a little, you know what I mean? Like there's just needs to be something prepared. What, what would you say for people if you're going into a, a reading, what should you do to prepare yourself? I think the easiest thing to do is pray. Um, pray from your heart. Doesn't matter who you're praying to per se, just pray from your heart, not your mind, but your heart and say, you know, um, from your heart without words is that, that feeling of let me be guided let me be protected. Let me be um, shown something that's going to help me grow and heal and move forward with my life and let this experience be a learning one. You can say a little prayer like that and open yourself up to the good that is available to you. Um, and to be honest, that's honestly what it is, is. It should be open and honest with yourself because somebody's going to see something that you might not want to be honest about, and it's going to trigger you. So again, if you're not ready to be honest, you're you're going to set yourself up for some some hurt. Mm -hmm. And then I think also, and then in part leaving that is that the responsibility of whoever this person is that's doing the reading, that's doing the spiritual guidance, is um, kind of goes back into that whole thing that you know, well, you're going to have to come see me again. You're going to have to, you know, but shouldn't that person actually? If they open the wound, don't they need to close it for you a little um, bit? Like just at least set you back into the world. Like they shouldn't just open you up and just leave you laying there, right? Like correct, they correct, correct. They should, they must actually, it's it's their duty to make sure that you walk out of there with um, resolution. And I don't mean 
I don't mean like you've got this massive problem and they're going to fix all of it and it's going to be a panacea band-aid pill that you're going to swallow. It means that they have a duty to do whatever it is because they're not the, they're not the healer. Remember this. It's the spirit working through them. It's God working through them. Um, it's their guide working through them that will know how to, to make sure that it gets done properly. And it's their duty to follow those instructions and to not... Um, how should we say, deviate from that. So that's the duty. But the duty of the person who comes in has to be willing to accept the gift, that the gift of the message or the healing or whatever the work is, and take responsibility for the work that yet remains. So there is a duty between each of them. Um, and it's important, though, that each person knows what that duty is. Because I've had some people come in um, Actually, you can look this up. There's a one-star Yelp review on my business from a woman who lied. That, 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 that review is a lie because she came in with a specific issue. And I read right away on the dot stuff about her in the past um, that was dead on, pinpoint dead on. And I remember it because I'll never forget it. Uh, but that woman wasn't ready to hear it. And that wasn't my fault. That was, that was her responsibility. And so a lot of mediums out there, intuitives out there who are also hearing this, is that if you get someone who has an ab reaction to a message that you're doing, whether you're a hypnotherapist and they're not facing something that they're avoiding, is to remember that you have your duty, you do your duty, do it to the best of your ability. And if that person has an ab reaction or doesn't want to take responsibility, then you're just going to have to accept that. And that's a part of the work. Because not everybody walks out of, uh, of a session with a smile, happy face and, oh my God, it's been magical and I'm totally healed. Thank you, you know, Jesus. And, and they go off and they spread five-star reviews. It doesn't always happen that way. Spirituality can get very ugly, very difficult because it's, it's facing all the dark sides um, and the issues that we have. So it's important to whoever's listening to this that remember each of us has our own responsibility and to not hold each other to something that they're not responsible to do. Because my, as a practitioner, it's my responsibility is not making sure your life is perfect and that what I tell you heals everything. It's to deliver whatever message and to do my job and to the best of my ability. So people take that with a grain of salt when you go into a reading because you're expecting a lot from somebody from a psychic reading. You wouldn't even expect that from a lawyer or a doctor. So be mindful of that if I could be very blunt. Is this the basement? It's the lower level. Okay. Okay, I have a little segment that I sometimes do is called like the lower level. And so when we get a little bit sensational or sometimes we just talk, talk trash, that sort of a thing. And so when it comes to like the lower level, when, when I'm talking to you, Leslie, is that I want to know just an experience with a bad reader or something like a time when you went in and it was just like, this person doesn't know what they're doing or this person is abusing their power. Can you give me a little story about that? <laughs> oh, okay. I have a very perfect one. So the same reader told me that I was gonna go to California and read celebrities and live this best life. That was accurate. But then we would go back, my husband and I would go back, you know, not all the time, maybe once a year or something, we'd, we'd call in to her. And she kept going on about sharks and, you know, and she would literally, you know, run down the clock for 15 minutes talking about how we should be careful about swimming in the ocean from sharks every single time. And it was the most bizarre thing because like, why? And it just didn't feel accurate or true. And it was just like, and, and again, this was like seven years ago and nothing has happened with sharks. Nothing, you know, <laughs> just like, why? So sometimes a, a reader or a person can be completely, totally off. Um, 
because they're not actually reading you. They're probably just projecting whatever it is that they're seeing or they're completely just doing it to scam you. Now, I will put this again, not everybody's doing that, but there are some people who get high on the authority that spiritual reading and you know all these things do and there's some people who absolutely misuse their abilities so there's that the second thing was is that um, i actually was doing some spiritual realm healing with somebody the other day and and i said to her while i was looking in her spiritual realm somebody who poses as a deceptive helper i feel like this person's a psychic cursed you and this person freaked out and I said, why are you freaking out? And she said, well, I invited this psychic lady to my house on Halloween. And after that, she left. And my boyfriend said to me, I think this lady left and dropped a curse on us. I think we're hexed. Something happened. Jeez. And so I was just baffled by that because I wasn't even expecting it myself. But she's crying. She's freaking out. And I said, you know, this is easy. We can clear it. We say a little prayer and move on. It's, it's not hard. But this person was wreaking havoc in their life. And she was crying. She said, because in the months that happened after that, six of my dogs died and I, you know, miscarried and all these bad things were happening. Oh. So, so there is spiritual warfare. This stuff is really going on, but this is not for the weak of heart and the uninitiated and uninitiated. This is something for people who actually go through the dark stuff and have worked with the light to, to vanquish it, to clear it. So there are people who a don't really know what they're doing. B could be very young in their practice and need some more practice. I know I've been there. Um, inaccurate reads doesn't mean they're wrong. It's just inaccurate. It could be a phrase or a word that's wrong or something like that. I don't get names very well. So that's kind of my weakness but i can describe a situation so perfectly um or c there could be people who are actually very strong intuitives and they're using that to manipulate other people's free will and to create havoc and destruction in the world you prayed with her let's get past it and let's go you know what i mean it wasn't like okay so we're gonna i'm gonna have you go home and take a bath and do this and this you know what i mean like it was just kind of like let's push into the problem let's get rid of it now let's move on you know? Yes. Yes. So it's, that's really, really great. Um, I love that. I'm going to just pause real quickly and not to make my light of the situation, but do you think maybe <laughs> she, when she was seeing sharks, maybe it was because you have two kids and was baby shark, like a thing in your house. <laughs> <laughs> that is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, actually, no, my kids were not really big baby shark people. Which so maybe really, you avoided it. <laughs> you avoided it. They weren't really big into that. Uh, unfortunately, my kids, you know, they love watching, you know, nature shows, but, you know, and young Sheldon and things like that. So no, I didn't have that, by the way. But I always wondered that. But I just, I energetically, when I tap into it, if there was any significance from it, I just don't feel it. So I think that she was just, you know, phoning it in, you know, when you're charging like 75 it, bucks for 30 minutes. I mean, it's easy to run out the clock. And she figured you're living near the ocean now. And like, so let's just bring in this one thing. Like, mm. she could be just spiritually lazy and just not doing the job, you know, but I'm not judging, but it's just, it happens. So anyone who's listening, you know, if, if you get a, a reading that just doesn't resonate, it's like, maybe, maybe it is not for you. Maybe it's for someone else, or maybe they're just not doing their job. Yeah. And don't blame yourself. Are you more sensitive to what you consume when it comes to television movies? you know, uh, music and that sort of a thing. Like, uh, can you tell if something has a little bit of, of it, a stank on it? You know what I mean? Like, so to speak, you know, when it comes to like spirituality and that kind of thing. 
think that everything has its merit and value in life. I don't think that even, you know, reality shows, I mean, I used to watch them a lot when I was a teenager, you know, like Mm -hmm. a celebrity fit club and stuff like that. And I think that there's a value to everything that you got to be open to. Um, But Edgar Cayce, who was the world's greatest verifiable psychic, um, actually talked about mental diet. So whatever it is that you're consuming on the mental realm, uh, spiritual mental realm will actually become manifested in your life. So it just depends on what you're gravitating to. If, if you're gravitating towards drama and stuff, um, you might be creating more of that. But if it's you're watching like a drag show because of the creativity and the challenges and, you know, that, it, that's a completely different story. So I think that ultimately, you know, watch what you want to watch, but ask yourself why you're watching it and what you're getting out of it and how it motivates you. I like that. Yeah. Because the thing is, I think if you're always watching fighting, you're going to start fighting. You know what I mean? Like you're just going to be kind of one of those people who is just ready to for combat, you know what I mean? Like, and who's, who's ready to kind of uh, partake in that kind of uh, feelings. And that it could be, it could be, or maybe that they were a military or maybe that they like military strategy or they had a past life. I mean, who knows, but mm-hmm. even for me, I watch um, prodigal side and that's like freaky deaky, you know, murder stuff, but I like it because of the criminal procedure. I'm in law school. So that for me intrigues me. And it's interesting how they're able to write the story about solving a murder, but doing so in a way that is, you know, give or take legally accurate. So which show is that? A uh, prodigal son. Oh, prodigal son. What is that on? Why do I know? Uh, I think it was on Fox, but I watch it on mm-hmm. HBO Max. Okay. Cool. Maybe I will check that out because I've been kind of like looking for something a little bit new to to watch here and there, and so and I bounce around from genres. Like I'll watch horror one moment, and like I was watching that new Clarice. Have you seen any of that? Oh no, I haven't. But yeah, but yeah, no. It's, 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 it's like in that realm. I like watch that. And then like five minutes later, I'm like watching like Steven's universe. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> like, you kind of are like Steven's universe. That's so cute. <laughs> I like balance myself out a little bit there. You know what I mean? So it's just, yeah, okay. yeah. so I'll watch evil genius on Netflix. And then like five minutes later, I'm watching all the boys that I love. And it's like, who is this person that I have become? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I was asking that too, because because just just wondering, you know, like what, what you get sensitive to, because, you know, there's there's things out there like um, that kind of delve in the spiritual realm, like The Craft. Remember that old movie from like 1986? Yes, so, yes. <laughs> loved it. It was one of my favorites. And so and one of the things that I found out about that when I kind of like pushed into it now that they were re-releasing it now with they have the new the new cast. I didn't watch the new one. Everybody said it was bad. So I'm just waiting till it comes to HBO Max. I don't want to pay for it. But um, on the old one, they had like enlisted a, a real Wiccan, you know what I mean? Um, who I think her name was Pat Devlin, who was an onset advisor for the film. And so she actually wrote the incantations that were used and the treatment, like, and, and she dealt with a lot of treatment of the Wiccan subject matter. And they even did things on certain witch holidays of like uh-huh. when, when production started was on a witch holiday and when it ended, it had to be on a, a certain kind of a moon and that kind of a thing. So that's why I was wondering there that if you, if anything ever like kind of pops up to you, like kind of like spiritually and that, that sort of thing, is there anything that you just can't watch that you just kind of like, no, this is too heavy for me. I can't take it on. Um, I think the only thing that I can't watch is um, anything with killing children or, you know, sexual abuse, that kind of stuff, because because I was a coach, an executive coach, and, and I'm talking about like world's biggest companies. I've worked with CEOs and all sorts of things. And 
I'm going to write a post on why you shouldn't <laughs> idolize uh, ex executives because I know a lot of freaky things about people, like really disturbing stuff for real. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't watch TV shows that rem remind me of real things that I've I've uh, witnessed and have talked to with my clients. So those are things that are like, oh, uh, you know, precious that disturbed me for many years. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but I've worked on issues similar to that of precious with my clients. So, I mean, not really. I mean, uh, Sabrina with the Satanism and stuff. Um, that didn't um, sit with you? It, it no, no, it's okay. I can watch it. I mean, the, oh. the guy who's like the Satan, um, the what a campy oh God, show what a campy I mean, show the I mean, first, he, there's a but the it's first a, couple it's okay, seasons though. were awesome and then it kind of fell away from me i didn't i haven't i haven't finished it so well me neither but at, at least you know you, you it doesn't bother me i think it's just that you have to put it all in context now would i use it to direct my life and that kind of thing no that's not good but to see it in context of everything and knowing full well that such things do exist mm -hmm. spiritual warfare does exist it doesn't it doesn't scare me or anything I mentioned this earlier about you is that, you know, you, you live a very balanced life when it comes to spiritual and then the physical realm. And like my preconceived things about people who are mediums and tarot readers, you know, you've broken a lot of those since I've known you for like the past, you know, oh, for real? six, really? seven years. Yeah. Because I just, <laughs> I would, I, because you're successful. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's like a mean thing to say, but the thing is, is like, you're successful. You have a mind, you have an analytical thought to you. And so, and I think that you, um, you look at things differently, which brings me to like, you're in law school right now. So yeah. what, what pushed that and, and what took you out of like, okay, you were executive coaching and you had, a, you, you have a career going for you. And what was yeah. the new, it was it leveling yourself up. Is it something that you want to use your gifts for in a different way? How does that work, work when you go, when you're now gonna, you're now studying law and it's very black and white, and this is how this goes. And this is, what is yeah, that? rules and all yeah. that. Well, well, let me say this by saying I've I, I've always seen myself as a lawyer. I wanted to go to school. My undergraduate is international affairs, comparative politics. Okay, minor in sociology. So all of this was about international law, contracts, treaties, international economics. Like I love all of that. And I saw myself as going to law school when the economic recession hit, I wasn't going to pay $200,000 to go to law school when everyone's broke as a joke. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was an excellent financial decision. The whole intuitive thing that was like a detour. That was like, I didn't want to do that. I went into that scratching. I was like, no, I don't want to, I want to be a business person because that was what I was doing. Executive coaching, very practical, very logical, step-by-step -step, goal oriented. And then you get slammed in the face with new perspective, which is ultimately what intuition is perspective on everything and at first it really bothered me and then I just integrated it into well it helps me consult my clients in a completely abstract way and it's effective it works okay great so I, I did a career is very lucrative um and you know work barely even 30 hours make 30,000 bucks you know it's it's crazy but I, I'm not motivated by money I'm motivated by um learning and helping and growing so eventually you make a certain amount of money, you have a certain amount of prestige and you've accomplished things. I've helped famous people in all realms of business and even politics. And I'm like, okay, I'm cool. I've accomplished that. I'm fine. Now what's the next thing for me? My kids were big enough to go to elementary school. I said, well, why don't I get an online law degree with, you know, in California, it's four years, study the law. 
do it 25 hours a week. I just love learning and I've always loved the law. And for me, it's a very fun and interesting thing that can help me practically help people. It's the same thing. I can consult them, but in a different way, it's a different type of way, but it's still the same. There's spiritual laws, there's man's laws, there's rules and ways you got to go about them. Well, same thing on in legal world. So it, I don't think that it is completely an offshoot of who I am. I think it's an expansion of who I am, but I for me, I feel like law is more, you know, in a human way, a truer representation of the person that I am, but everybody sees me as this like witchy, magical person, but it's not really true. I, you know, the girl next door and I'm a granite gardener. I'm in overalls on the weekends, you know, I have two dogs in the aquarium, a cat and kids. Like I'm mm -hmm. just the leave it to beaver type family. Um, but yeah, perspective is everything and spirit. God provides that for me. So you know, I do love the law. And of course, you know, I'm sure I see myself helping you with your legal matters in the future. <laughs> um, well, I hope but, I don't have any. Do you see that? <laughs> legal matters could be signing big deals. It could be, you know, positive things like oh, then we want you know, that. We want that. <laughs> yeah. So a financial real estate, all of the good things in life. So I think it just helps me able to help people on, on more practical terms, but it doesn't take away from who I am at all. It expands that. I, um, I wish it would have given you a little bit of, of stuff to look into before this, like if I would have gave you homework. If I would have known that a housewife was being arrested this week, I would have been like, <laughs> Leslie, explain this for me because the whole Jen Shaw thing is amazing that's going on. I'll do a, I'll do a little special on that later on, guys. Um, and so I just want to, before we, we kind of wrap up, I just want to open this up and just let you kind of, if you wanted to uh, impart anything, I would like to open that up right now and let you do that. Okay, well, let's see here. I would like to talk about my show Valuable Insight and how mm -hmm. I actually mentored someone live. Um, this is a kid, his name is Daniel. He's a celebrity. He left a celebrity horse training business and a big, biggest names in the industry. Um, one who does a drag race, if you will, um, mm -hmm. rides horses and owns a ranch in Montana. Um, so he's ridden or trained or worked, did things like that and he called me one day out of the blue again through word of mouth he went to a barber randomly and she and he was telling her i'm seeing spirits i'm having all these experiences and i'm scared and she goes oh i know who you need to talk to and he called me a week later he got on a plane plane came to my house and i filmed um how topics on how to actually grow personally and it completely changed his life and now he's back into it world champion writer winning shows you know, incredible clientele. So you actually can see how I actually help people, um, but and bring the best out of them so that way they can face down all these hard things, their past, their traumas, um, things that are affecting them. So I recommend watching that. It's eight hours. Um, talk about bingeable. It's valuable insight on my website, um, and I really recommend it to people who are struggling or who need some perspective on, on any kind of issue in their life. Absolutely. What is that website again, Leslie? So people can know Les where to go LeslieInc.org forward slash valuable insight, one word. And you'll also find that in our show notes, guys. So if you guys look at the show notes for today's episode, you guys will find that website and you guys will find her show there, Valuable Insight. And then you guys will also just kind of poke around her website and just kind of see what other things that she offers, like her happiness decks and things, which we have cards we have random Leslie cards in our house, like in, 
like attached to mirrors. There's one on the refrigerator and it's just little things with positive, you know, uh, attributes. I mean, like even my phone background is still, you know, my prayer is that God in action with all God, all things are possible. That sort of thing. I have one of your cards actually as my phone background. So oh, for real? Yeah, I do. So it's <laughs> one of those so things. Cute. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, like, I, I don't like to abuse our relationship because the thing is, it's like, I, I love you to death. And there's just sometimes like, I'll probably like once a year, I'm like, Leslie, I'm having an issue. Something's going on. <laughs> like, and the thing was, and, and that happened, you know, like this, this past year, you know, we were living in this pandemic and, you know, new dog and no work and all these things that were kind of going on. It was like, oh, I'm having an issue, Leslie, I need to reach out. Like, you know, and it's just one of those kind of things that, so um, I appreciate the energy that you always bring and the insights and everything else. And so it's, it's just, it's a perfect name for you, valuable insights for your show. And, Thank and you. for everything else that you're doing. So um, just Aww. love it. And just, I just love on you so much. Thank you. So anything else you would like to promote today, Miss Leslie? Uh, well, you know, I just have my book, Spiritual Ideals for Leaders. It's kind of a, um, it's a, I, I kind of think that it's great for people who like bibliomancy or who liked uh, tarot cards or inspiration decks. It's a little, uh, you know, 63 page book on beautiful, inspiring images and meditations to help you switch your mindset. You can get that on Amazon directly prime next day delivery if you if you want it. Um, but it just offers ways of growing your consciousness, your awareness, your confidence, your connectivity to yourself and your world and beautiful illustrations by South African artist Wesley Van Eden that I've um, inspired and he's created for me. So if you're interested in just having a little thing next to your bed or on your desk or whenever you're going through a challenge, I recommend buying that and using that as a way of just re-inspiring and reinvigorating your paradigms to improve your life and give you a little bit of relief when things feel heavy. So I recommend that spiritual ideals for leaders. Absolutely. Binge on something for your spirit guys. And like, yes, let that come in, do it in a healthy way, focus, and then pull back and then take a look at the big picture guys. I think that's really one of the, the things that I take from these conversations that I have with you quite often. Yes. So everybody, I want you guys to thank Mrs. Leslie Juvanak here for joining us today on Bald and Bingeable. This has been a wonderful chat that I got to have you with you today. I can't wait to see you. I'm halfway through my vaccination journey, so we are going to have to hang out very soon. <laughs> Yay, I'm vaccinated, baby, 100%. So let's do it whenever you're ready. Girl, 420 is my date. I know that's funny because I'm a Californian, but <laughs> like, <laughs> so by Cinco de Mayo, I am going to be hugging friends. So I'm so excited. Um, everybody, my name is D'Angelo. You guys can find me uh, on TikTok, on Instagram and Twitter. You guys can find me as D'Angelo Gogo on Twitter and on Instagram, D-A-N-G-I-L-O-G-O-G-O -O -O, or D'Angelo on TikTok. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Bald and Bingeable. Love you all and good night from the lower level. Bye. Good night from the lower level.